This is District Sentinel Radio. I'm Sam Knight, flying solo from quarantine. To quote the great Yogi Berra, rumors of my demise by coronavirus have been greatly exaggerated. My wife and I pushed up a previously scheduled move because we weren't sure if moving companies will still be operating next week. Perhaps you can sympathize with this kind of anxiety and uncertainty in our new plague world reality. But the other Sam, Sam Sachs, has been putting out content without me here on District Sentinel Radio and on Means Morning News. It's enabled me to take care of some crucial things in uncertain times without having to worry about my income. So kudos to him and to our little co-op system. Imagine how much better we'd all be dealing with things right now if workers around the world could tie up their bosses, lock them in the basement, block off gated suburban McMansions, and just run things cooperatively. With that said, I'm doing this show today because I unironically feel a solemn duty right now, not so much as a journalist, but as a podcaster, as a content guy. People are cooped up in their homes. They need content just as much as they need information. So without further ado, here is both. It's Thursday, March 19th, 2020. Here is the news. The insufficient sick leave bill we've been talking about all week is now law. The president signed off on it last night. No need to rehash the reasons why it's not good enough. Just listen to episodes from earlier this week, if you're not sure. The House bill had been approved yesterday afternoon by the Senate in a 90-8 vote. All eight no's came from Republicans, even with the bill being as watered down as it is. Those no's came from Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, James Inhofe, the snowball idiot from Oklahoma, a reference to the time he brought a snowball on the Senate floor in the middle of winter to prove that global warming doesn't exist. Got him, dude. Then there was Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, or as I like to call him, Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, and James Langford from Oklahoma. Langford looks like an undertaker whose license was revoked by county officials. Trust me. Google image search him. Then you have Mike Lee, the libertarian dipshit from Utah. So of course that means you also have Rand Paul from Kentucky joining with the no votes. Finally, rounding things off, we have Tim Scott from South Carolina and Ben Sass of Nebraska, the smug civility guy that liberals love to praise. Sass thinks that meager sick leave in a pandemic is bad, actually. The civility guy doesn't care if poor people die in a plague. Now, to be fair, it's not so much Sass doesn't care if poor people die in a plague. He just wants it up to state governments to decide whether or not poor people should die in a plague. Sass had voted yes on an amendment from Ron Johnson, quote, to strike federally mandated sick pay and paid family leave and replace it with financial support through state-administered unemployment insurance systems and funds. The amendment failed to get the 60 votes needed to advance in the Senate with only 50 yeas and 48 nays. Two Democrats crossed the aisle, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. Meanwhile, Republicans Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski joined Dems, though, again, nothing Susan Collins does should really matter at this point in terms of her political future after she smarmily voted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh with the entire country watching. The Senate also considered another amendment yesterday that would have basically created the framework for a national sick leave program administered by the Department of Labor with reimbursements to employers funded throughout the end of 2021. The amendment from Patty Murray of Washington didn't even get a majority. It failed 47 to 51 along strict party lines. On that note, perhaps we should just be happy that no Democrats crossed the aisle to join Republicans in shooting this down, I guess. 
of note. Two Republicans were missing yesterday, Cory Gardner and Rick Scott. Both men have self-quarantined after being in contact with someone who tested positive for coronavirus. So have Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham self-quarantined in theory, though both men took part in yesterday's voting. Cruz told the media yesterday, quote, I'm glad to be back now after a 10-day self-quarantine. News of Graham's self-quarantine, meanwhile, broke six days before yesterday's votes. The CDC recommends 14 days of self-quarantine and self-examination after potential exposure. One of these dipshits may have spread it on the Senate floor yesterday, and their votes weren't even needed to move anything. One more amendment from yesterday to speak of, Rand Paul proposed revising the House sick leave bill to block undocumented immigrants from receiving child tax credits. Never mind the fact it's a vicious racist lie to claim that undocumented immigrants don't pay taxes. This is just fucking sick. Where's Rene Boucher when you need him? Perhaps the ugliest form of coronavirus racism from Republicans thus far. Paul argued for his amendment on the Senate floor saying, quote, it has nothing to do with not liking immigrants. It has to do with saying taxpayer money shouldn't go to non-people. So Paul is saying it's not that he dislikes immigrants, he just considers them non-people. Only two other Republicans joined Paul, Mike Lee and Mike Braun of Indiana. The bill failed 95 to 3, or I should say the amendment rather. But perhaps this wasn't because of the racism. Paul's amendment also would have ended the war in Afghanistan. In related news on the Republican racism front, John Cornyn, the number two Senate Republican, defended the labeling of coronavirus as a Chinese virus, something that many of his colleagues and the president are doing. Cornyn said yesterday that it's okay because in China, quote, people eat bats and snakes and dogs. Twitter user at Sturgeon's Law noted that Cornyn is from Texas, one of the few places in the U.S., known for snake eating, and quote, Cornyn's own Senate website contains an article about this. Also of note, six states governed by Republicans currently have so-called ag-gag laws preventing the video documentations of conditions on factory farms. And believe me, some of those conditions are very grim indeed. Also of note, today the coronavirus death toll in Italy surpassed the coronavirus death toll in China, where the number of new cases has fallen dramatically in response to emergency measures. Moving on, we've been despairing over how leading Republicans appear ready to offer more rapid emergency relief than Democrats. Tom Cotton called for cash to Americans now. Mitt Romney and Steve Mnuchin floated $1,000 checks to everyone. The latest from Treasury indicates the Trump administration wants to cut everyone two emergency checks, one in early April, the other one in mid-May. Mnuchin said today that each adult would receive $1,000 and each child would receive $500 per disbursement. The money would come as part of a trillion-dollar coronavirus stimulus bill, a package that had initially been worth $850 billion, as we noted earlier this week. Real Great Recession heads might recall how President Obama turned down a $1 trillion stimulus after the 2008 collapse because he was afraid of how Republicans and the press might act and this was in spite of Democrats controlling the White House and both the House and the Senate. And they were given that mandate in part to govern because Republicans had ruined the economy, among other things. Just absolutely pathetic. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer have hit out at calls for immediate relief. They claim they don't want to send money to rich people as if they can't just raise their taxes later. 
But the bill supported by Democratic leaders signed into law yesterday only has $2 billion in additional funding for unemployment relief. Also, anyone who has filed for unemployment knows these claims can take time and state offices can be parsimonious. Also, the last thing we should be doing right now is encouraging people to get in long lines. Working people need help and they need it now. As that infamous Federal Reserve stat notes, 40% of Americans don't have $400 in the bank or in credit should sudden expenses come up. Who gives a shit if some rich people get a check they don't deserve? Won't be the first time. Also, nothing says we're all in this together like universal programs. Fortunately, some Democrats are pushing for more, even if Schumer and Pelosi are still mentally stuck in 1993. Six Senate Democrats, Cory Booker, Sherrod Brown, Michael Bennett, Angus King, Brian Schatz, and Chris Murphy, have proposed $2,000 payments to every American immediately, with subsequent quarterly payments tied to economic conditions. In a letter to Senate leaders, including Schumer, the lawmaker said, quote, now is not the time for a wait-and-see mentality. Also, Democrats on the House Financial Services Committee are pushing for leaders to do more. Chair Maxine Waters released a proposal last night that includes $2,000 monthly to every adult, a suspension of consumer and small business loan payments, a Fed-slash-Treasury facility to reimburse the creditors who would have received said loan payments, a suspension of negative consumer credit reports, also a prohibition on debt collection, repossession, and wage garnishment during the pandemic. The package also includes $5 billion in assistance for the homeless, a ban on evictions and foreclosures, suspension of utility and rent payments by those who currently receive assistance, also assistance for those who don't currently receive it, also restraint by creditors of property owners whose income depends on rent payments themselves. There are other types of assistance included in the package. Waters list includes 28 items altogether. Democrats would be doing a lot better right now if they were leading front and center with these kinds of ideas instead of mawkish, how are you going to pay for that means testing horseshit. Governments manage their own money and they can basically print the shit out of it to the extent it doesn't cause inflation or overheat the labor market. We don't have that right now. In fact, we have the exact opposite of that. The economy is in free fall. As such, things are looking grim in the labor market. Today, the Bureau of Labor Statistics said initial unemployment claims were up by 70,000 for the week that ended March 7th. That was just a few days before professional sports were canceled and before the US-EU travel ban. As far as last week's numbers are concerned, the New York Times is keeping a tab on data from 15 states and those alone already show jobless claims up by almost 350,000. The paper said this indicates, quote, claims will skyrocket next week, most likely to levels never seen. Top officials have predicted the unemployment rate could reach as high as 20% during the pandemic, though they have insisted that's a worst case scenario number. Finally, remember Tulsi Gabbard? She dropped out of the presidential race today. And despite the dumbest people online calling her an iconoclast and a principled anti-war figure, Gabbard endorsed Joe Biden. And despite liberals like Hillary Clinton calling Gabbard a Russian asset, Biden bragged about the endorsement. He tweeted, quote, at Tulsi Gabbard has put her life on the line in service of this country and continues to serve with honor today. I'm grateful to have her support and look forward to looking with her to restore honor and decency to the White House, end of quote. Anyway, some of our enemies are lucky that Sam and I aren't recording this show together right now. Otherwise, we'd be dunking on them mercilessly, without abandon, recklessly even. Anyway, Tulsi, you charlatan dipshit. Bernie is still in the race. 
We see you endorsing Joe Biden as a pure careerist move. Anyway, that's going to do it for me today. If you just subscribed and you're waiting for a haiku, it'll probably come next week. We'll have the garbage can out for you tomorrow. Remember to avoid crowds of 10 or more. Wash your hands like every five minutes or so. Hit the drive-thru if you have a tendy craving. Tip workers as generously as you can. And do not, under any circumstances, share your weed with anyone. Actually, yeah, you can share your weed with people. Uh, but just give them nugs, though. Let them smoke it themselves. Uh, don't be sharing blunts or joints or pipes or dab rigs or whatever. Anyway, SK signing off in D.C. so you don't have to be. Bye.